0: Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap. I love my toddler, but holy fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. So I just realized I did not tell you guys the details of my race. On September 10th, I ran a Spartan Beast on Mount Killington. So if you're unfamiliar, Spartan races are Obstacle course races, very similar to like Tough Mudder, Rugged Maniac, those sort of mud runs. Spartan is more military kind of style. It's generally considered the hardest of the obstacle course races. And the Beast is generally considered their hardest race worldwide. In fact, I was on some online communities and they were like, oh my God, you're doing the Killington Beast. So that's on Mount Killington in Vermont. The race is anywhere from 13 to 17 miles. The man who invented the race, his name is um, Joe DeSena, and he likes to fuck with your head as much as possible. So in years past, there has been changes to the course (laughs) last minute, and you never quite know what to expect. They release the map usually about three days before the race. So you get an idea of where the obstacles are located. Again, if you're unfamiliar, think American Ninja Warrior outside. So the obstacles are usually hanging things like variations on monkey bars, rope climbs, hoists, climbing like inverted walls. So they're like slanted and you have to climb up the wrong slant way, you know, so you're almost upside down. Just all various things like that, crawling under bobbed wire, crawling through mud, all on a very steep mountain. Mount Killington is a very steep ski mountain. One of the hardest obstacles is called the Death March. And so it's just like an uphill incline that it's like, put your head down one foot in front of the other. And what happens is people underestimate The two biggest obstacles, which are the mountain itself and the weather. Luckily, we had good weather. And so what's really, I mean, it's not funny, but it is funny because like a lot of times what will happen is you'll see a lot of like, I call them gym bros, you know, the guys who just lift weights. And it's kind of for vanity, you know, they have like great biceps, but they don't necessarily know how to connect them. So like I can do a one-arm handstand and guys at the gym will be like, how do you do that? And like their biceps are huge, but they don't know how to connect it to anything. So anyway, you'll see like gym bros, like literally puking, like they fall off the death march, they fall off the trail and they're just like puking because they didn't really train for the endurance. So there's a lot that goes into these races and, If you're new to my podcast, maybe you don't know, but last year in August, I fell dismounting during a Spartan race and I had completed the obstacle. It was a monkey bar. And the thing about these obstacles, it's like a giant playground really for adults, but as Nautilus machines in the gym, the obstacles are really built for like a six foot male. So a lot of like the monkey bars are really wide and last year it was really funny, these like two army dudes were in front of me, and they were jacked, and they failed. They fell off the monkey bars because all kinds of things contribute right like you 've already gone through the mountain you're really tired, your grip can go sometimes if it 's raining or you just came out of mud, you might be really slippery so there's all these like other factors, <laughs> and so they failed the obstacle, and then I got up, and I have a certain technique and They were like, totally like, oh my God, look at that. Like, look at that little girl go. (laughs) So I was like, super proud. I was going to show it off. And I got to the end. You have to ring a bell. There's always a bell at the end of the obstacle. And I was hanging by one arm and I was still mid swing. I rang the bell and I let go on an upswing. So I fell, my legs were diagonal when I fell. And so my knee went out from under me. I knew the minute I let go, I was like, oh shit, there goes my ACL. So uh, that was last August and I blew my ACL, my MCL, my LCL, (laughs) my lateral and medial meniscus, and I had a gastronomous tear. So basically the only thing holding my knee together is the PCL in the back. And you would just have to kick me really hard and that would be gone too. (laughs) You know, I went to see an orthopedic doctor and he recommended surgery and I didn't want surgery. I I think... Mostly, I didn't want to be stationary because at my age, if you start losing muscle mass at my age, you almost can't get it back to where you were. It's so hard after 50. So you have to be really cognizant of keeping your muscle mass. So I I said, you know what? I was walking on it. I said, let me just try to do what I can do and see where I'm at. Well, by January, I was back in class. I was doing all kinds of things, including like kickboxing. I could really, I could use the leg just fine. I did rehab it myself, and I am going to tell you guys this. I know I've said it at least five times on this podcast. Knees over toe guy. His name's Patrick. He's on Instagram. If you are having any trouble with your knees, go get his program. I don't know if you know this, but supposedly you'll never heal the ACL. The MCL and the LCL, the two ligaments on the side of the knee, can heal or they cannot. So there's limited blood flow to the knee. And then the meniscus, the lateral and medial meniscus tear, the doctors will always tell you that needs surgery. And so it's not that I healed my knee. It's that knees over toe guy. the program built up all the other muscles. So like my soleus, the tibialis, you know, your calf muscle in the back, the gastrocnemius, all of these things. And then your quads and your hamstrings connected to your glute, connected to your feet. So you train all these other aspects of your leg so that you're not putting so much pressure into the knee. I don't make any money from him, but I can't tell you everybody on the mountain was bitching about their knees because you have things like you have to carry a bucket of rocks up really steep hills and then downhill. You have to carry a really heavy sandbag up and down steep inclines. And so literally people were just bitching about their knees the whole day. People on my team for my gym were bitching about their knees all day. And I was like, guys, I'm the only one without a knee and I'm not bitching about my knees. I never cramped. My calves weren't killing me. So anyway, that was a small (laughs) non sequitur that you have to like fix your knees. This program's so great. Anyway, I went back to the ortho and I said, yeah, I'm feeling really good. And he was like, oh, well, I guess you don't need me. And he was pretty shitty about it. And he said, well, okay, you'll be fine. If you walk, as long as you jog, like in a straight line, like on a track, you know, you'll be fine, but I wouldn't trail run. And I was like, whatever. I've been trail running this whole time. And then he said, he said, Just so you know, you'll never run another Spartan race unless you get surgery. I think you guys know me well enough by now to know that that was like, hold my electrolyte water because I'll be back with a medal. I don't know why I'm like this, but I am. (laughs) I just couldn't believe he told me that. And then I got committed to running this race so I could get a medal so I could go back to the ortho and see like, hello, I did it, even though he probably won't even remember me, but it was really good motivation. (laughs) So my knee was great the whole race. And then a really exciting thing happened, which is there's all these obstacles that are like, yeah, you got to crawl under barbed wire. Yeah. You might get a little caught, but it's like, that's not that hard. And then there's these eight foot walls you have to climb over. And again, it's like, it's hard. You need to be trained, but it's not like that hard. And then there are some ones that are like, chancier. Now with my knee, I didn't feel like I wanted to like purposely hurt it. And so you can actually have muscle failure in your fingertips, right? So like I've been at races before where literally I'm on my ass, fall off the obstacle, don't even know what happened because my hands went into full muscle failure. You don't even recall. It's like when you slip on ice. So I was really nervous about that. Like I was like, "Mm, I can't really afford to have an unintentional fall. And so there's actually some videos of me where it's so clear how cautious I'm being, dismounting the obstacles. But I was like, you know, as long as I know I have the grip, I'm cool. And then there are a couple of obstacles that are, actually, there's just one. It's the spear throw. And it's a 30-foot spear throw. And there's so many things that can go wrong. So first of all, it's the most failed obstacle. And if you fail an obstacle, you're supposed to do 30 burpees, which suck. (laughs) And so- it's the most failed obstacle. I have gotten it in past years and I do practice. I have a spear at home and I have a bale of hay attached to a tree. But there can be so many things. You can be tired, your footing can be wrong, the wind, whatever. There's so many things, you know, hundreds of people throw this spear during the day. It could be like, you know, the tip could be off kilter. So that's the one that's like really leaving up to chance. So I'm going through the race and I am having a blast. Now the race is brutal. It took eight and a half hours. They did it in reverse, which means the first four miles were like straight uphill, straight uphill a mountain. Like in some places you have to be on all fours, that uphill. So you're kind of burning out your quads and your hamstrings before you even really get to any obstacles. That was like the obstacle in and of itself. So then we start hitting some of the obstacles. There are you know, intermittently spaced and the hanging ones just feel so good. And I'm kind of surprised because I didn't feel as well-trained as I have felt in the past. And that plays into something I'll talk about in a little while. And I approached it. I thought this might be my last beast. My two friends and I, we were running together because we were well-paced together. We stopped and took a lot of pictures. They have official photographers there, but they never get a good picture of me. They get like my ass going over a wall and I'm like, dude, thanks. (laughs) So we had so much fun. And once you're on the mountain in these races, it's not cutthroat at all. Like if somebody's down, you help them. If somebody needs food, you give them food. If somebody needs water, it's a crazy great community. And what happens is you end up being paced with a certain group of people because you're all sort of keeping the same pace. So you end up meeting these strangers that you keep running into. You know, you almost like leapfrog them. You might get ahead of them. Then they get ahead of you. But you end up making friends. One of the best parts was I bring magnesium spray for cramping and guys cramp more often than women because they have thicker muscle mass. So every time I crested a ridge, there would be a group of guys like feverishly rubbing their quads and their calves. And so I got to be like the magnesium spray fairy. And so I'd be like, do you guys need magnesium spray? And so like everybody on the mountain knew that I was the magnesium spray fairy and people would come up to me and be like, hey, are you the girl with the magnesium spray? So that was super fun. So there's this like helpful environment. And even though it was like really, really hard, there were definitely moments where you just, you put your head down. And when I get into those moments, I count, I just count to a hundred and then count backwards and it helps me with my breathing. But there's also you run into people, there's a lot of people with prosthetic limbs, arms, legs. There were a lot of veterans. There were a lot of elderly people, like people were assisting them in the first couple of miles. There were people who were clearly out of shape, but were like, you know, I don't know if medical conditions, whatever, but they had people helping them. There were people carrying flags for people who had passed. There's just this amazing range of ability and people helping. And so just so cool. And one thing that I did different is I saw so many people sort of immersed in the suckage of the race. It's a brutal race. And I just kept looking around me and I was like, I get to do this. Like my body is so amazing. I get to do this. Like this is crazy. You know, Sometimes people at my age are like couch bound on medicines. And I was like, God, I was so like in love with my body. I was just like, oh, my God. And just in love with like the whole process. And it just felt so spiritual to me, like to be so helpful. You know, we pay money to inflict this pain on ourselves. But you guys know how I feel about these obstacles. We don't have enough hardship in life. And yeah, we have inconveniences. We have traffic and our kids can be, you know, drive us crazy and washing machines break and, and we lose jobs. Like there are struggles. We have struggles, but they, we don't have any like really grinding obstacles. Anymore in life, I feel like. And so like creating these obstacles and getting through them is so powerful. And this is going to tie into a big parenting lesson at the end, which is we don't hand kids self-esteem. We get self-esteem from doing hard things that we think we can't do and overcoming and growth happens in discomfort, right? It never happens in our comfort zone. So these races are just like so much more than a physical accomplishment to me. They're just spiritual. So anyway. I got to the spear throw and that again is the one of kind of chance. Nobody had completed it in like a couple of hours. Nobody had shot a good, a good throw. And I got up to it. My friend, she was behind me on a rope climb and she said, well, wait, I'll film you. And I said, no, 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 filming me will be too much pressure. I'm just going to go ahead and do it on my own. And I nailed it. And this is about halfway through the race. You know, we're tired. You know, your muscles are starting to fatigue and I have like creatine and beta alanine and I have caffeine pills and, you know, I'm feeling pretty joyful, but. This gave me a total second win because with the one chancy obstacle behind me, I had a chance to run a clean race, which means you don't miss any of the obstacles, which is not that common. And I did. I ran a clean race and I was so proud of myself. I was like doing leprechaun leaps and I just like the rest of the race was effortless for me because I was like, wait a minute, I can run a clean race now. And so I did. And when I got home and looked at my stats, you have a timer. I placed a in my age group. And that was with like taking pictures and kind of taking our time and being really joyful about the race. So, needless to say, I got home and signed up for the race next year. And I'm going to run for time next year because <laughs> I want to be on the podium. So, anyway, it was so wonderful. So, I wanted to share that with you guys. But I said, you know, I didn't feel like I was as trained as I have been in past years. And so a thing happens, you know, we run these races as a gym and our gym is like a ninja obstacle gym. We do like natural movement, animal flow, that kind of thing, kettlebells. Like we don't, it's not like a gym gym. Some of the team actually like competes in ninja competitions. I don't cause like, I don't want to. <laughs> so, and then we run these races for fun and we'll we'll like do hiking trips and things like that. And so like, you know, typically what happens, this is the crown jewel of the races and what happens is like over the holidays everybody kind of gets out of shape winter hits we get a couple of blizzards you know i don't know like in new england i feel like we're like peasant stock we like put on body weight just to store up for the winter and then spring hits and it's muddy and we start training but it's it's this kind of like ebb and flow which i think is natural which is you kind of get out of shape and then you kind of whip yourself back into shape which is great but you kind of have to hit it hard if your goal is something like this race So what happened was in the summer, I decided to do 75 hard. And I have talked about this on the podcast before. Again, if you're new, maybe you missed it, but it's a mental toughness program. And so the rules are you have every day you drink a gallon of water. You do two 45-minute workouts. One has to be outside in the elements. They can't be consecutive. There has to be a little time between them. You have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, something that you feel will help you. Like for me, I... The Hunt Gather Parent was one of my books that I really loved. You stick to any sort of like clean eating that you determine, whether that's paleo or whole 30 or whole unprocessed foods, whatever, but no quote unquote cheat meals and no alcohol. And then you take a progress picture, which doesn't have to be like for a before and after some people really, you know, just take a picture of their face because they want to see if inflammation reduced or maybe, you know, acne or something like that. And it's a deceptively simple rules, you know, and you do this for 75 days and I have had friends say, you know, well, oh, it's, you know, they think it's a fitness program because it has these markers of a fitness program and it's not really. And there were in the community that the online community, there's like 90 year olds who do this and they go for a walk and they do like chair yoga, right? So it's just move your body in a way that feels good to you. It's not like you have to hit the gym or work out in like the way we think unfortunately, about moving our body is like, I work out, you know, you can actually just walk or stretch or dance or do whatever. And then the food part, and I've had friends rebel and say like, oh, cheat meals. That's like, you know, that's diet culture. And I agree. I don't like the word cheat meal. I think if you have to have cheat meal in your diet, uh, your way of eating, then it means probably your way of eating isn't great. But for me, I didn't look at it as diet culture. I looked at it as don't eat crap. Just don't eat crap, you know? And no alcohol is not a problem and everything. I mean, the water was a problem just remembering to drink. (laughs) Like I don't mind drinking a gallon of water, but like having to remember the water. So anyway, I started that in June and I was going to finish a couple of weeks before the beast, which meant there was going to be some training coincided. So I had to be very mindful of my training because I didn't have any rest days, even though I would argue that like you don't really have a rest day in life, right? Like if you're working out super hard, yeah, you need a rest day. If you're like trying to compete in something, you probably need a rest day. But if you're walking and just moving your body, you don't really need a rest day. We should all be walking at least an hour and a half a day. That shouldn't be like, that's not exercise, right? (laughs) And what's wild is there were so many lessons I learned in that leading up to the beast training that were so remarkable. And I feel like apply to us, mainly as women, you know, any men that are listening, I think it applies, but I, I was so grateful to have completed this program. First of all, it was hard because it was monotonous. You know, there was this sort of, okay, I have to do these tasks and these tasks were all good for me. Yes. But it's like, you just couldn't kind of let yourself down. And, In the process of the 75 days, I think the reason the guy designed it for 75 days is because within that, you're always going to hit some shit. Somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to get married. There's going to be a birthday. There's going to be a holiday. And it's really to try to get you to identify that part of you that sabotages yourself every time. Right. Whether it's with bettering yourself through reading, whether it's through drinking enough water, whether it's like choosing Netflix instead of going for a walk. Right. And one of the things I'm really coming to terms with as I age is I am no longer interested in disappointing myself and finding that voice, that voice in us, that is, you know, classic like Jungian psychology shadow work. There is a sliver in all of us that wants us Dead, miserable, unhappy. And that part of us, artists throughout the ages have called it something. Stephen Pressfield calls it resistance with a capital R. His book, The War of Art, is just phenomenal. I highly recommend it. But we all fight this little like devil voice on our shoulder, whatever it looks like. And this program, like, really taught me to identify that voice and how many times I let myself down. Or I give myself like, oh, I just had a hard day. I can have a White Claw or I can have some ice cream when that's not aligned with my goals and that's not aligned with how I wanna feel the next morning. And one thing I really learned is eating whole, unprocessed food, it's really great. You feel really, really good. And after the 75 hard, I didn't go on any crazy bender, but I did have some ice cream and it made me feel like shit. And so my thoughts with kids are, moderation, you know, and, and trying to like maintain an even balance, but that's not my, for me, I don't like how I feel with both alcohol and or sugar. And it really just helped me find that like weak spot in me. That's like, go ahead, have it. It doesn't matter when I know it doesn't make me feel good. And this is not a restrictive diet thing. It's just like, I really figured out like damn, I feel good when I just eat like really great unprocessed food. So that was like a huge thing. And the monotony of the program really helped me on the monotony of the mountain. And here's the thing. I ran that race so joyfully. And yeah, there were some hard parts, but never did I have to like dig into my soul to find, you know, the pain cave, we call it, (laughs) you know, like on like endurance races uh, ultra marathoners experience this i never had to dig that deep and i didn't feel as trained as i have felt in the past i felt like mm, we'll see if i miss some obstacles i don't know we'll just see how it goes like i was very like i didn't plan on running a clean race and come in an eighth i wasn't hitting it competitively this year and i did the best i've ever done and i felt phenomenal i barely needed recovery my knee was great And then I realized it was the consistency of this program. And the consistency, if you look at the little rules I just told you, right, the the rules of 75 hard, none of them are like that crazy. It's a little bit more than your average person would do, right? Like, I think we all know we should be walking for an hour. So it's an hour and a half, right? Or dancing or stretching or do yoga. And gallon of water's a little more than I would normally drink, but nothing crazy. The 10 pages of nonfiction, you guys, I went through six books in 75 days. And so I just was blown away by the idea, the sort of hidden lesson of show up and just do a little bit more, a little bit more, nothing great. Like I didn't feel like I overworked out. I didn't feel overtrained. I didn't feel like I was kind of tired of like thinking, all right, got to complete these tasks, got to complete these tasks. But it was like compound interest. Yeah. It was like this little bit that just kept growing every day. And the proof was in the pudding. Physically, my performance paid off, even though I felt like I didn't do any sort of outlandish training. And it just blew my mind that When we show up consistently in whatever it is in our parenting, in our spiritual work, in our trauma work, when we show up consistently and don't backslide because of that hidden voice that wants to mess with us, right? And I know you know what I'm talking about. We all have it. And we show up and we show up honestly and fully as ourselves. It's compound interest. It changes us in like a drastic way. And you know, I've always heard discipline equals freedom and I never quite got that because I'm resistant. I'm just resistant to anything anybody tells me. And that was part of, if you guys have been following me for a while, you know, I tried 75 hard. I tried at least three times and I failed and I was like, well, he doesn't know me and I can't do this. And blah, blah, blah. I had like what I realized now was that sort of like bitchy voice. right? <laughs> and then I was like, hey, Jamie, maybe you could just follow somebody else's rules just to see maybe you don't have to be in charge of everything bossy. I'm sure that's not shocking to you guys. (laughs) I want to do what I want to do all the time. And so, but I really figured out like that discipline equals freedom in a way that doesn't have to be Jim bro. It doesn't have to be harsh. It doesn't have to be restrictive, but it's like, you do the things you do without question. So the lessons that tie in number one, as women, what I learned there's an online community for the 75 heart and there's all kinds of women doing it. Women with, you know, three kids under five, 90 year old women, women who just got out of surgery. Like people do it for all kinds of reasons. And every single woman, especially woman with kids says, Oh my God, carving out time for myself so that I can do the thing that I want to do so that I don't disappoint myself, right? So so many times we skew our boundaries because we don't want to disappoint other people. There's other people... And then what happens is we end up disappointing ourselves. We let ourselves down. We get exhausted. We get tired. We don't take care of ourselves. And so having these rules, right? Like having these outside parameters allow us to say, I need my 45-minute walk because I'm doing this. You could see it change all these women. And so that consistency in showing up for yourself in whatever it looks like, maybe it's learning how to crochet. I don't know. It doesn't, for me, I like physical pursuits, but it doesn't have to be physical pursuits, right? All these things, these showing up consistently for yourself, really, it just makes us better people. It makes us better parents and not disappointing. People say all the time, you know, I did an Instagram reel of some clips from the race and people want to claim I'm like super special, you know, like, especially because of my age and doing this. I know there's a lot of people and I know your fifties are like now the new forties and the forties are the new thirties, <laughs> but I'm not special. I just kept showing up for myself and that has changed me forever. And then it also really brought home for me, it was a really wild thing I didn't make a big announcement, you know, I just feel like, and then towards the end, like I, there were physical changes for me and people like, oh my God, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just doing this mental toughness thing just to see if I can, blah, 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 blah. And people really took it on as a fitness challenge because there were physical changes. They were like, oh, they think it's a workout program. I'm like, no, 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 it's not really about that. There's all these other lessons to be learned. And I just, I thought it was really wild because, I was training for this race while I was doing it. You know, I just chose to eat quote unquote clean, meaning no processed food, just, you know, whole unprocessed food, which I think we can all agree is the best way to eat. Right. And people were like, oh my God, you're not going to have like any ice cream. It's summertime. And I was like, no, that's okay. I'm eating. And I had a couple of people say, like, well, that just sounds really restrictive and that could lead to disordered eating. And I was like, but it's, it's really great food. And I was eating. 3,000 to 4,000 calories. I don't really count calories, but I was like keeping a loose eye to make sure I was getting enough. You know what I mean? Especially as we got closer to the beast. And I was like, I don't think 3,000, 4,000 calories is restrictive. (laughs) I found it fascinating that in our society, have we really come to a place where treats, like we should always have treats? I don't know. It was. I know it's like sugar's a big subject for people. Like I said, for kids, I always think like as moderate as you can, you know, like if you restrict too early, they're going to want it. But then on the other hand, I'm like, should we be giving kids sugar? I think it's all really dependent on the child and, and their reaction to it. But I know for me as a grown adult, I was like, do I really have to have a treat every day? That's not really a treat. that just becomes part of the daily diet, right? <laughs> but it's also wild to me because I have become so obsessed with aging well. And my brother's so funny because I have always like been not cautious. Um, I love nutrition. I love studying about nutrition, both for performance and just for health. And my brother said to me, You know, we're all going to die someday. And I was like, I don't care if I die tomorrow. I want to live in my body with joy and vitality and health as long as I can. I'm not trying to make my life longer. I want my life to be healthy. And I read this somewhere and it was so poignant. We're not living longer. We're dying longer. And I look at my mom who's like medically fragile and kind of like, losing her quality of life daily, you know? And I say, I don't necessarily want to live longer if that's going to be what my life is like, right? So my goal is to be as joyful and as vibrant in this body as I can. And for women, that just means like, lean muscle mass, bone density, staying active in our body, moving our hips, you know, moving as well as we can, keeping our joints really fluid. And so that's like become my focus and it feels so good. There's no aesthetic I'm aspiring to. I certainly, I do not weigh myself. I wish every woman in America would throw out their scale. It's such an arbitrary marker. I have a fitness watch because I do low heart rate training. Calories are such bullshit that like, we don't know how people burn calories. Like the idea that you can track calories is nonsense. You know, like I said, I like to keep a loose eye to make sure I'm eating enough. Cause when you train hard, you can start losing your appetite too. And then you don't have the fuel to support your activity. It really brought me home to like wanting to care for my body And again, going back to the spiritual nature of these races and watching people with all various abilities and disabilities and like how lucky we are to have these bodies, right? We're these spiritual beings in this like meat suit. And I don't know, I know I'm waxing philosophical here, but I just had this like rich feeling of like, holy shit, like we got to take care of this. This is our vehicle. And so- It's just been a miraculous, ever since the beginning of summer, I just am infused with the miracle of life and the human spirit and the human body. And if you guys have any questions or want to chat about this in the comments, I'd love to hear. I think I sound a little goofy at this point, but... (laughs) I was so proud of myself, but also feeling so good and so exuberant. Exuberant in like the physicality of life, I think is how I want to put that. All right. As always, I appreciate you guys and I appreciate your patronage. Rock on. Okay. Bye everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. And also I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day.